tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops. Look, guys, I I I couldn't come up with like a, a witty cold opener. This month has been brutal. October is exhausting. I don't understand why it's October. And yet whenever I write the date on something, I have to put 10 for the month. I just like Octo is eight. Like I learned about Octopus when I was in first grade. That's it. Done deal. End of story. And that's been bugging me a lot. Will it will it make you feel any better if I tell you the reason that this happened? The guy who's responsible for it was stabbed to death. Do you know how the Roman Empire got split up? I mean, I know it's Istanbul, not Constantinople, but beyond that, it gets a little hazy. With a pair of Caesars. Uh-huh. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Welcome back. This is our 216th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we conclude our look at Boo Ha Ha Flops with Werewolves Within. I am Bling Blake, and I am your perky park ranger protagonist for the evening and with me, as always, are the super weird environmentalist, the Thunderous Wizard. Lock her up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Lock her up. Perfect. And the very attractive and personable newcomer, which is in no way suspicious, Captain Cash. Points for that pontificating alliteration, Bling Blake. Well done. I'm just happy to be here. Thank you. That's very nice. It's interesting that you're happy to be here because we were supposed to be joined by Chumpzilla tonight, our greedy industrialist with a potentially murderous streak, and yet he is mysteriously absent. I don't know what happened to him. It's probably fine though. Are you, Excuse me. Are you, pick, are you picking your teeth right now? You got. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's radio. It's a it's it's a completely audio medium. But if I were, I was. You had rib. You, did you have ribs for lunch? Yes, definitely. Pork ribs. ribs for sure. Long pork. That's why I'm doing this. Ribs for lunch. Okay. Murder aside, points of order. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Bo Flops. Werewolves Within can be streamed for free on Hulu and AMC Plus for the nine subscribers of that platform. Uh, or you can rent it across other platforms at varying prices. Do we do we pay for this one, gentlemen, or do we all get it for, for free? Hulu. I'm not a monster. I have Hulu, or I've stolen Hulu from someone. You don't bundle it with your uh, Disney Plus and ESPN Plus packages? What's an ESPN? Right. Uh, so let's talk beer. It is the season for spooky beers, even though this show will technically air after Halloween. 
I'm not sure how spooky this beer is supposed to be, but the bottle is, in fact, orange and black. Uh, so that's that's Halloween enough for me. That counts. Uh, so tonight we are drinking the Imperial Amber from Great Lakes Brewing in Cleveland, Ohio. So this Imperial Amber Lager is a limited edition beer inspired by one of Great Lakes Brewing's original 1988 recipes. Uh, this is all in celebration of their 35th anniversary this year. So that's special. This is a, a limited edition release. I was able to get a four pack of these 12 ounce bottles. Uh, they only come in four packs. It's big uh, feature is that it has been aged in uh, bullet bourbon. Bullet bourbon being the favored beverage of one Jimmy Bobo. Mr. Jimmy Bobo, that's right. Uh, it is aged in bullet bourbon barrels and comes in at a Captain Cash double approved, more than double uh, approved. It's it's a one and a half, one and a half approval, but still pretty a, impressive. It is a 12.1% ABV. I'm hoping it, that I can, can I hold this together for the duration of the show tonight if I'm sipping on this? It's a weak wine. Let's like, have like four of them. It's going to be great, guys. It's I don't be know. Great. I'm going to get to, I'm, I'm going to take a sip here and, and talk through it. And I'm going to get to my movie ratings. Um, I think the real rating for this beer is how many hops and box office flops podcast episodes can Bling Blake articulately make sentences while drinking it. And the answer bets on is point the five. intro. The intro. <laughs> no, no, no. That went great. By the time you have to actually start describing what happens in the whodunit murder with a werewolf? It's gonna get a little hairy. Oh, come on now. This is gonna be a long night. All right. Uh, okay, so let's take a look at this beer. Uh, it is very malty. It's kind of sweet with a bourbon hit. Um, so as a bourbon drinker, I, I don't mind that at all. You can definitely taste the 12.1% alcohol. It has a, a very bourbony and, and caramel uh, a smell to it. It pours a medium amber color with a little bit of head. You can definitely smell and taste the alcohol. I'm getting notes of axe fights. Axe fights and what's that? Uh... Does it taste like Jason Momoa's sweat? Because if so, I need to find some. <laughs> You know what? I don't know if I can speak to that, but I but I'm telling this is a really good beer. And for 12.1, yeah, you can taste and and smell the alcohol a little bit, but man, the the vanilla and sweetness that follows through on it, this is good. This is a dangerous beer. I like this. This yeah, might be it really my favorite. hides in the details. This might be my favorite Great Lakes beer ever. It's a tasty beer. So how many movies would I be willing to sit through while drinking it? Three all day, baby. I don't oh, think I, can, wow. I don't think I can make it through three, but this you is you're gonna give it hell. Yeah, darn tootin'. This is really nice. I I I am really liking this beer. So uh yes, please. Okay, well, that deals with our beer. Let's get into our film tonight. Werewolves Within was written by Mishna Wolf, pun intended. 
it's a situation where his name, our name's Destiny, right? I mean, she does also work on or has consulted on that. Uh, there's a show on right now, Wolf, Wolf Like Me with Josh Gad and Anna Kendrick. He says with a big question mark. I'm. I defer to the Thunderous Wizard. I'm not sure. I I've heard of that show, but I don't. I know that's Josh Gad. I don't know who else is in it. No, I think it's Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. That one, that one nailed it. Okay, so we, how how far? Point three, point three podcast. Then, yeah, yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is her first. This Mishna Wolf. That is her first feature film, really uh, screenplay. It was directed by Josh Rubin, and this is only his sophomore feature film entry. So, shit. What was the other one? The scare me. Huh. Was in 2020, which had uh, who was in it? He starred in it, and Chris Red, and Aya Cash. Yeah, I mean nothing. Oh, I mean Aya Cash is in The Boys, but that's really kind of all I know her from. He all has right. directed a bunch. In, yeah, and Chris Red is on SNL. All right. Well, still okay. not bad for a sophomore outing. Yeah. So this is his second film. I did not know this at all, but did you guys know that this is actually, this movie is based on a video game? I did know that. I had no clue. Totally knew that. It's a Ubisoft game. Uh, so you And it's like, rated E for everyone. Yeah, it looks kind of goofy if you go look at the, like, the, there's a website for it. And uh, I think it's just people sitting around a campfire trying to ask questions to determine which one of the people at the campfire is yeah. the werewolf. I mean, it, it was basically a less good version of Among Us. So it's so it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> I, well, again, like any role-playing game, it kind of depends on your company. Yeah, so it's it's definitely a game meant for a lot of people. Not, yeah. Hey, let me play with the really stupid computer. <laughs> no, don't don't do that. Obviously, no. It it's I. I'm pretty sure you can't play it that way, but it's fine. Whatever. So it's based on a video game, which I didn't know. Although I think based on is is uh, very loosely in in this yeah, sense, very loosely, very loosely. Uh, it does star, however, the very funny Sam Edwin Akufo Richardson. Fucking and, love that guy, dude. He's great. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge Ted Lasso fan, but also every time I see Sam Richardson, I'm I'm laughing. Dude's I great. want only good things for this man. I don't yeah. know why. He just he seems like good people. V- Veep is fan. He's fantastic. I mean, you could just go on and on. He's so good. We also get Molana Lily from AT and T Vaintrub, and then we've got this great ensemble supporting cast. Uh, many of these people you would recognize if you're a fan of comedies including George Basil, who I first saw on Crashing. First of all, there- he's, he's great as Leaf on Crashing. And yeah. when I saw him, I'm like, where do I know that guy from? And I looked at him, I'm like, yes, he's the yes. iffy guy that his wife steals leaves his- him for. Yeah, steals his wife. I love this him. entire cast is that, right? Yeah. It's just random people that you've seen, right? Uh, Sarah Burns plays one of the detectives on Barry. She's really funny. 
Michael the Tinkerer Charness, who we saw in Marvel movies. He was in Spider-Man No Way Home, I think it was. No, Homecoming. 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 Spider-Man Homecoming, yeah. Homecoming. He was hilarious as uh, Piper Kerman's brother in Orange is the New Black. We get Harvey Guillermo Guillen from uh, who's uh, in What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, my God. Love that dude, too. So, I mean, this this cast is great. There's a whole bunch more people. You recognize a lot of them. They were they're all really funny, really talented character actors. So this is movie is set up really well as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, the writer is kind of an unknown, but that's not really true. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. The director, pretty much an unknown. He's an actor primarily, but not like a prominent one. It's not like Clint Eastwood going to directing, right? It's like... Hey, man, got to start somewhere. Yeah, but it's the third guy from the left going into directing. I don't know. It's interesting. I know Sam Richardson produced on this as well, so obviously he probably recruited some of the talent for this guy, but man, I kind of liked it. And now... It only had a, a pretty tight budget of about $6.5 million, but we call this a flop because it only brought in about a million. Now, I, to be fair, it was released at the, not necessarily the height, but close to the height of the pandemic in 2021. It, it was. And so it only had a very, very limited theatrical release. I think it had, you know, less than a thousand theaters nationwide. And it was only about a week before it went to streaming. And, and video on demand, especially. So during that time, though, it did reach the number one spot for rentals on iTunes in the independent horror and comedy charts and was in the top five of all categories for rentals. I don't know what that time period was for, but call it the three weeks after it came out on video on demand. I think there's yeah. some money that's not reflected in those box office numbers, like, I don't know how much of a flop this really is because critics certainly liked it. It's sitting at 86% on Rotten Tomatoes from the critic side of things. And then Which it has is a, only right. Yeah, I think so. What's crazy though is that there's an audience dip down to 80%, which on a genre flick like this, you would never expect. No accounting for taste in some people. I blame all of you. It's weird, like. Obviously, this is an indie movie. It's much more comedy than a horror movie. And I think because of that, that's why it would take the dip. Because it's not particularly gory. That's reflected in the small budget. Like, not a lot happens. That's like, oh, I I came to watch a werewolf mall people. Yeah, there's no signature kill. I'll give you that. No, I mean, certainly not by a werewolf. And I mean, even even the kills not by werewolf are uh, what we, what, like it's a discretion shot. Like at one point, a person literally falls into a fire, and rather than show us that, it just kind of th- like throws fire up on the screen. Yeah, you get a shot of her like face first in there, but yeah, you know that's a really interesting point that I I don't get into in the lingering questions later. So maybe we should talk about it in the plot at some point, but. The rated R for this movie almost exclusively comes from the dialogue. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, 100%. It's the, it's the F-bombs. So, yeah, uh, it's kind of an interesting take in terms of critics and audiences. 
I, I guess I get it. Uh, but that being said, let's do our one sentence descriptions. Before we get there, I did want to ask, the R is almost entirely driven by the language. Does this movie do better or is this movie more accessible if it's PG-13 and it cuts the F-bombs? Well, it, it didn't need them is the thing. Like, it really doesn't need them. So, because uh, so the I'm movie's gonna... funny regardless. So the F-bombs are the least funny bits about it. So, Well, I'll give you that, but I will trade you what this movie is not is a horror movie. So if you want to, I mean, I, I, if the question is, does making it, it's cutting out the, the F-bombs and making it PG-13 give this movie more legs? I think ultimately the answer is no, but that's just because of the way the studios treated it at the time. Fair. I don't think it was going to make a lot more money in the theaters either way. But I think if you want to make this movie make more money, you trade F-bombs for some werewolves yeah you lean into the gore or uh, you lean into the r a little bit more because it's neither i mean i i think it's just it's just a comedy and the result is i think you kind of need to have it be kind of a raunchy violent irreverent comedy to get anything out of this but that's just i mean especially for what they spend six million that doesn't six that doesn't feel like a lot in terms of movies these days so seems pretty tight to me yeah all right one sentence descriptions captain cash what do you have for us please step on me werewolf mommy boy went right went right in the pain on that one (laughs) t-dubs what you got for us brother well boy that halloween episode of veep got dark didn't it All right. Perfect. Mine's pretty simple. It's just it's just Wolfman Clue. Yes. I mean, that's what Werewolf is. Hold, hold on, I just realized. Do you not know the game Werewolf? The both of you? Not Wolf, Werewolf Within, but like that's the video game was based on the game Werewolf. What game? Like a board game? Yeah, not no, there's no board. It's just like a a game like a we're gonna play werewolf one of you is the werewolf oh right 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 i forgot that you didn't get laid until college that is true <laughs> i don't listen ah, i'm sorry that I'm, mean. <laughs> that, it, it it's not wrong it's not wrong boy bling bling blake out here throwing axes tonight it's the 12.1 oh Oh my god! I'll Only water it. from now on. Uh, okay. Well, you know what? So apparently, there's a game called Werewolf, and I just described it, which is Werewolf Clue. Yeah, basically, one of you is the werewolf killing the others, and your job is to find out who the werewolf is. Werewolf Clue. Okay, cool. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm well, just... I mean, with the added component that the werewolf is continuing killing the players. Sure. Which doesn't happen in Clue. Gotcha. That doesn't happen in Clue. So what, so, so what you're saying is that in, in order to yeah. make my sentence, my one sentence better, it should be just werewolf, the game. Yeah. So what if you call it... Werewolf, the game, the movie. What if you call it <laughs> Guess Hulf? 
uh, I would have accepted that too. In <laughs> fairness, you know what? I take it back. The one thing that would have made this movie better, and Milana, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but it's true. You make Tim Curry the werewolf. You somehow make Tim Curry clue Tim Curry. You you bridge the span of the 40 years between so yes, clue yes. and this film. This is called it's not just 40 years, it's some serious health issues. So we're talking I, about that too. Time time machines. I listen. If anyone deserves a time machine, it is Tim Curry. The man, the man is just lovely. I'm going to go to the one place the werewolves can't get me. Space! (laughs) Here's the thing, though. You know what a werewolf won't eat your sesame cake? I say, stop eating my sesame cake because I want to... I want to do the IMDb description, the actual one, because it's actually worse than my now new edited slash truncated one sentence description of Werewolf, the game, the movie. And it is this. Feature adaptation of the video game where werewolves attack a small town. I do hate that. So it is neither descriptive of the game nor the movie. Which I find particularly piquant. That's a chef's kiss for you. Galling. Galling, I describe it, sir. You all ready to get into the plot? I mean, we've been spoiling the whole thing the entire time, so let's yeah. Just... Lead the way, werewolf mommy. I'm going to try to keep this as uh, easily off. short as Step I can. Step on me, werewolf mommy is fucking funny. Step on me, werewolf <laughs> mommy. Wow. So let's get into the plot. We've got forest ranger Finn Wheeler, who has now been assigned to cover Beaverfield, a small town somewhere in the mountains. I thought Pacific Northwest. Maybe it's Colorado. It's Vermont, you dick. Yeah, we have. Okay. Beaverfield, Vermont. Why not? Sure. Okay. Have you ever been to Vermont? Yeah, a bunch. I've not, but I assume beavers as far as the eye can see. They 100%. percent just saying Oregon State University's mascot is the beavers. I just figured, I don't know. Either way, they're in Vermont. Go, go beavers. You can't lick our beavers. It is a small town where the residents are currently <laughs> divided over a pipeline proposed by businessman Sam Parker, played by the great old bastard Wayne Duvall. Upon arriving, Finn befriends mail carrier Cecily Moore, played by Captain Cash's clear heartthrob, Milana Vaintrub. She was lovely in... uh, What was that schmaltzy thing? The AT&T commercial? No, no, no. She was in the the three of us, the thing that had uh, Mandy Moore and other guy named Milo, and it was about the twins oh, that included this. Uh, this is us. This is is it? This is a, I don't remember. Yeah. She's in it for the first season. And I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, that lady. You also, watched she was this in is a Squirrel Girl. I watched the first season, and <laughs> when they chickened out on the father's death, I'm like, I'm out. You guys are cowards. Wait, he didn't die. Oh, I mean, he did, but they chickened out on it, uh, in my opinion. Anyway. I don't, yeah. Huh. 
Either way, all I know Lana is, is that... a star waiting to happen. She's wonderful. Yeah, she goes on a walk to remember with uh, the new park ranger. There's a Mandy Moore reference for you. <laughs> so, yeah. They also meet Trisha Anderson and her handsy husband, Pete, played by Michaela Watkins and Michael Chernus, respectively. They meet the wealthy gay couple, Devin and Joaquin Wolfson. Wolfson, get it? Because like, can't, uh, huh? I can't believe you didn't reference the uh, the one husband's the Canadian guy from Thirty Rock that sings the Scotia Bank Place song. Cheyenne Jackson, you mean? Yeah, that guy. I have no idea who that is. And Harvey Guillen, who I know very well, and he is also lovely. He's fantastic. We meet the local mechanics, Gwen and Marcus, played by Sarah Burns and George Basil, as well as the isolationist mountain man, Emerson Flint, played by Glenn Fleshler, who you might remember from The Joker, True Detective, Barry, Billions, The Watchmen. Dude, that guy is a great character actor. And he yeah, is he is. A chameleon. Man, man, he gets murdered in my absolute favorite scene in Joker when he kills yeah. those two assholes come to his house. Great murder. Hear me out, though. I kind of get the sense that when they cast this role, they cast it like, we're looking for a Nick Offerman type. No shade on Glenn Fisher, not anything like that. I'm just saying, the entire time I saw it, I'm like, this is Nick Offerman. This is what they wanted. Yeah, I honestly think Offerman would have been too over the top. I think Glenn played it great. That's fair. I mean, Offerman, Offerman would have Offerman. given um, Offerman would have immediately given vibes of, okay, he's weird, but deep down he's a good dude. By not casting Offerman, you get the wait. Is this dude the murderer? Maybe. Yeah, I think Offerman would have been too Ron Swanson. Honestly, fair, fair, okay. I accept it. But either way, Doodle's great. Yes. Um, that night, a blizzard knocks out all the power in Beaverfield, forcing the residents to take refuge in a lodge owned by Janine Sherman, played by Catherine Curtin. The power outage occurs right before Trisha's dog is killed by an unknown assailant, which then increases tensions in the town. Dog probably Her- had it coming. I'm just saying. It was a yappy yeah. dog. Shotzi. Uh, can I just give you my it only barked at Jews? Huge pet peeve, <laughs> MAGA the dog. Uh, when they f- they find this knife, right? Like, and they're like, oh, somebody destroyed the generators with this knife. Um, who, who do they think was using that knife to cause such damage to the generators? I it really bugged me that they were that stupid. Like, because it was like clearly had to be guerrilla force in order it's, to. It's, it's it'd been physically impossible. Yes. To draw those three perfectly parallel lines that clearly look like claws. And that are, yeah, like ripping the metal in different directions. It like bugged me that there's even a moment in the movie where they're like, maybe it's just the guy doing it. It's like, no. I was worried. I was like, that's not even werewolf claws. That's Wolverine claws. I thought I was stepping into an X Men movie. I've like, seen that a bad adamantium shit. With paws Minimum. so big, it'll tear your face right off. Nothing you can do about it. I've seen an eagle. <laughs> don't 
Don't you do it to me. <laughs> Not tonight. <laughs> Minimum, we're talking a Wendigo. That's, that's all I'm trying to say. Army Hammer did it. That's <laughs> first of I all. I mean, first of have... all, both of you shut up for a second. You shut up. You shut up because right now we got to do real quick. R.I.P. Matthew Perry, a man. Oh, that's uh, yeah. I mean, that's part of my Rex too. I I yeah. was watching the Friends reunion over the weekend and just crying and crying. I'm really uh, bummed. I'm really really bummed about it. It's a bummer. We'll deal with that later. I'm sorry. Yeah. We'll put I'm that off. Saying... Let's do the man thing. Put that away. The power outage occurs right before Trisha's dog is killed by uh, the the unknown assailant. The and, werewolf, the murderer. Right. And then further conflict arises when Finn discovers that all the generators, as, as the Thunderous Wizard was alluding to a moment ago, were sabotaged. And the body of Janine's missing husband, Dave, who we saw in the opening shots of the movie is underneath the lodge's porch. So the residents then attempt to barricade themselves in the lodge for safety. Pete ends up getting his hand bitten off by some kind of thing. Not for nothing, but points to the actress playing Janine. Like It's played for a jump scare and a gag, but she's looking at the photos of her dead husband and like genuinely crying, and it it doesn't go more than about 30 seconds, but it's long enough that I'm like, fuck, I really feel sad for this lady. And this guy that we watched, like, it made it real for half a second before they turned it into a joke. But, like, way to go with that actress. Like, it really sold the the stakes here in a way that I feel like a lesser horror comedy wouldn't. One of the things this movie does really well that we don't get a lot of, that we complain a lot of in these ensemble movies, whether they're comedies or horror or whatever, is that we actually spend enough time with a lot of the characters to to give a crap about them. Exactly, yeah. Um, and and they're all very charismatic on some level or another. You You like all of them. Yeah, it, it, at its heart, I think this is a really well-written movie. Truth. So anyway, uh, Pete's gotten dinged up. We have this environmentalist, Dr. Jane Ellis, played by Rebecca Henderson. She's obviously an opponent of the, the pipeline that is the beginning conflict in the film. She concludes, and everybody just listens to her because she has doctor in front of her name, obviously, that the assailant is a werewolf who is also one of the Lodge's current inhabitants. So after announcing her findings, she then dies in a closed room with just the pipeline advocate under very ambiguous circumstances, despite Parker, the pipeline guy, saying that she committed suicide. Doubt has been cast on what's going on in town so the rest of our, our people in the lodge, they're going to stay for a little while, but then they all get, they all chicken out and all decide to go back to leave for their homes, except for our park ranger, Finn, and super sexy mail carrier, Cecily. In fairness, under similar circumstances, you're going to hang out at the lodge, or you're going to go home. I'm going to go home. I assume that the old adage safety in numbers uh, never came across your desk there, Captain Cash. 
well, if one of you is a murderer, I'm probably dipping because I know I'm not the murderer unless I am. How are you on a a podcast about movies that is 216 episodes in and you think that the best strategy in a horror movie is to split up? Well, I guess that depends on whether um, I'm trying to murder all of you, which I'm not, by the way. We have yet to hear from Chumpzilla. He's probably fine. I wouldn't even worry about it. He's That's... like 20 minutes out. He'll be here. Well, he didn't he didn't need those fingers anyway. Either way, I'm just saying we should probably split this up into, you know, individual pod. Like you'll talk a little, I'll talk a little. It's gonna be fine. Either way. As as we are going through this pod, and it is currently devolving as we speak, this is similar to what was happening in Beaverfield. All the residents are now they've got they've got reached this boiling point with all of their their little drama so they just start murdering each other and after nearly all of the townsfolk are killed finn our 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 park ranger is attacked by parker the the pipeline man who accuses finn of being the werewolf because finn was in locations where previous attacks occurred due to his role as a park ranger finn however counters that there is no werewolf and parker intentionally caused the paranoia gripping beaverfield in order to have his proposed pipeline approved did you deliberately do all of those p's to make it more difficult on yourself because bravo sir well done you know, I figure if you're going to have a beer that features 12.1% ABV, you've got to keep yourself nimble throughout this show. If you're gonna, if you're gonna end on a high note, right? I have always described you as a cunning linguist, sir. It's better than my father, who often referred to me as a master debater. Well, I mean, one, one, and the other, right? <laughs> and there we go. So, yeah, uh, the bad guy gets the upper hand on the good guy. But dying Joaquin manages to kill the pipeline Parker. Get it, it, Guillermo, from what we do in the shadows. Guillermo. So while now Finn and and Hot Cecily recuperate in the town bar, that is also an axe-throwing place. Which... Seems like a terrible idea, but maybe a fun idea. They're super fun, bro. You want? Oh, no, listen, I've been to axe throwing places, but you want to have like somewhere between three and six beers and throw axes? That seems like a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. The the one I went to was BYOB for a reason. I imagine it's. I bet it's just hard to get a state to approve that shit. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time. That's literally any Ren Fair I've ever been to ever. So, really, it's splitting hairs here with an axe while you're drunk. Go on. And if anybody on this show has been to a lot of Ren Fairs, well, I've been to so many Ren Fairs. We know it's you. I know what it is. It is. Fuck, you ever watched two guys ride horses and try to knock each other off with sticks? Homie, I lived in Maryland and the state sport is what? Jousting. Yeah, the state sport of Maryland is not lacrosse. It's not crab cakes and football. It's jousting. I was really prepared for you to tell me it was lacrosse and I was going to 
go into a whole thing, but I kind of want to go to Maryland more. Maryland's now. dope. Maryland has the best rent fair around, man. You like rent fairs? Should go like Maryland. Rent fairs. Yeah. Fuck yeah. The state like. flag looks like it's going into battle. On oh, no. I, I know your state flag with the crabs. Yeah. Anyway, there's sorry. no crabs on the flag. Bullshit. There are crabs on the flag. <laughs> no, I don't believe you. That was crabs on the flag. That was a pair Welcome. of In fact, I'm sure that's the state motto. That's the state motto. Welcome to Maryland. We have crabs on our flag. Even when we don't. All right. I'm not doing this. Right we, now. we tried to hit it with the shampoo. It didn't work. We're just accepting it now. Listen, Finn and Cecily, they're at the axe throwing bar. And that's where Finn finds out that Dave, homie that got killed in the first scene of the movie, and the husband, the missing husband that was stepping on the porch, married to the inn owner, the lodge owner, he used to be the mailman, the letter carrier in Beaverfield. And that is when Finn figures out that Cecily is the werewolf. And once confronted by Finn, Cecily was like, yeah, not only am I the werewolf, I'm a scheming ass werewolf. And she turned the residents against each other so it would be easier for her to eat them. Yep, Jeez. she's gonna. She's got food for the winter. It seems Dude. like a major plot oversight that the husband so, was the mail carrier, and she's not at all curious how this new mail carrier. Is yeah, here. no. I yeah. Uh, so I like this movie. It's real hard not to sort of admit that it it falls apart a little bit in Act Three. Yeah, uh, we're like, yeah, we just say these things with dialogue, and everybody will believe us. Yeah, it's fine. But to be fair, after 90 minutes, I was kind of ready to be done with this story anyway. So I was like, sure, that's fine. My biggest challenge is that the end of the film is just, I'm going to eat everybody. If they'd have pitched it as, all right, well, yeah, I killed everybody and it's just you and me. You want to be a werewolf too. I'm not saying I would not have not become a werewolf and I would have fought her because that was the right thing to do. But that is a very persuasive argument coming from Squirrel Girl. I'm just I'm just trying to say. Not just Squirrel Girl, but Squirrel Girl to Raccoon Boy. Yeah. Who also has, you know, no no ties. It's a good person to pitch it to as well. You know, know your, your audience. Even if Bling Blake and I were still alive, say back at the lodge you would still take her up on her offer and then you two would feast on the both of us. I'm not trying to say I don't love you both, but the heart wants what the heart wants. Decisions have to be made. Why does your heart want to eat my heart? <laughs> it seems... I'm just saying, eat Blake first. He's the better meal. <laughs> I, I'm very stringy. Not great nutrition. Not a lot of value here. I probably do have a lot of marbling. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Like Wagyu beef. You've just been marinating in delicious beers for the last 20 years. I mean, yeah, that is a fair point. Bullet bourbon <laughs> aged beef. Yeah. Right there. Bullet, bullet bourbon <laughs> aged long pork. Bullet bourbon aged Blake. Are you kidding me? Let's go alliteration. Bullet bourbon aged bling Blake. <laughs> I'm very uncomfortable. Let's just. Let's just end this with the fact that, hey, guess what? The good guys end up winning. Uh, Janine ain't dead. And uh, she kills Lily from AT&T with the crossbow. It's dope as shit.
So that's it. How many beers are required, Captain Cash? The movie moves at a clip. The biggest challenge is honestly the third act turn. It's fine that the the pretty girl becomes the werewolf and they try to explain it away with like, the pretty girl who is interested in you isn't really interested in you. It's because she's a goddamn werewolf. It's doing some of the lifting for the other plot elements that feel a little weaker, like, hey, this lady's only been in town the last month. How did that not come up until now? So front load with like two, maybe three. And you're fine. Yeah, I think that's fair. Any uh, any, any pain versus? Um, it's, it's all enjoyment. At the end of the day, all of these actors are really charismatic. They're really fun to watch. So you, you can't really fault the film for that. I, I do. It's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a fun one and it, and it is worth your time. So eh, three, two, two to three, depending on how open you are to the genre and how willing you are to excuse some of the plot conveniences, let's call it. Yeah. For that reason, I'd go like two and a half enjoyment beers and a half pain beer because it does sort of meander for a while. Like it, as it uh, sort of tumbles downhill into, okay, now the whole town's going to kill each other. Oh, wait, there actually is a werewolf. It's like, clearly there must have been, but it, so it kind of loses its way, but it's still funny throughout. Yeah, if you'd have called this werewolf within and you didn't give me an actual fucking werewolf, I'd have been angry. Which, I mean, but, even the title itself is like, it's the uglier nature within people. That is creating this entire conflict of this town where nobody trusts each other, even though they're neighbors. And it's sort of absurd, but whatever. Yeah, it kind of falters. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm right there with you guys. Uh, I'm probably one pain to enjoyment, but beers are required. Again, I'm not a super huge fan of this genre, but I, uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was funny. I had a good time. Like these actors, like these characters. And I thought it was it was written pretty darn well. All right, listeners, that is going to take us into our first break. And we'll be with you when we get back. Welcome back, listener. We are continuing our look at our third installment and the final installment in our boo-ha-ha flop series, Werewolves with thin and we have some lingering questions so gentlemen i'm going to get right into this so we can kind of uh finish up the second half of this thing at a reasonable pace we took our time through the plot here so question number one is this really a flop no i don't think so yeah it's a it's, it's basically an independent movie and you said it was super popular on streaming and it's well regarded so that it's tough like if you don't get a very wide release I'm sure this ultimately made its money back. So I wouldn't consider it a flop flop. I mean, we had one real flop this month and that was Renfield like that actually flopped. Yeah. That was a lot of money sunk. Yeah. That was not returned. Yeah. I mean, this was obviously banking on a VOD release. I mean, that was just the timing of when it came out, right? Like everything was on demand at that point in time. So that was calculated. I don't think the studio is mad about it. 
Do you think it should have gotten a wider release? No, you know? I don't think this is a big screen experience. It doesn't need to be, at least, you know? It's it's a fairly small movie that depends much more on dialogue and laughs than on any big time visuals. Like I think that's fair. Yeah, so, I mean uh, I can't fight it. And I and I don't know that something like this benefits. This is the quintessential cult film. It it needs to find an audience and catch that audience the same way that Evil Dead did or any number of other similar films where it's it's a small cult thing. Yeah, I mean, it was produced for six million, which is a lot, but brother, it's 2021. It's hard to make a movie for less than that. It's interesting that you you brought up the 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 cult status of it. That that's my second question. Do you think this movie comes into cult status? Is it gonna get that following? Where does this fall in that that horror comedy spectrum? And what do you think? Are we gonna be watching this at Halloween in 10, 15 years? Well, this was actually like a recommended film on Rotten Tomatoes throughout October. Like, hey, highly rated scary movies to watch. So I think it will have sort of a lasting legacy in that way because it is so well-reviewed that will boost it. And if you love uh, the main actor, right? Like, and you like Veep, then you would definitely watch this just to see him. I mean, he is just playing his character from Veep, which is why I made that joke in the one sentence. Like, yeah, it's the same character. Yeah, and, and Sam Richardson does that character a lot. He does some other other great characters, but he really plays that. Uh, I don't know, the ironist good guy, old golly yeah. gosh, good guy. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, what does he say over and over again? Like uh, heavens to Betsy. So, moving on on this one, how bad is it that we only get the one werewolf scene? Okay, uh, yeah. again, this is where it falls apart in the third act. Werewolf isn't great. Don't don't really like the prosthetic and the werewolf isn't scary enough. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's pretty weak and a hallmark of a cult werewolf film is you have to nail the transition. Mm-hmm. It's got to uh, be American super werewolf memorable. in London. Yeah. The, what, what was it? The, the howling. Yeah. And it's not here really. It, yeah, it isn't. So, and and one of my recommendation, one of them, I, I watched Silver Bullet uh, recently, and I haven't watched it in about probably 25, 30 years, and it still holds up relatively well. It has much more creepier moments, right? Like, yes, this is primarily a comedy, but even the scene, right, where she eats uh, the tinkerer's fingers you got to give me more than that, right? Like it's got to be a little more feral animalistic. It's got to, you know, come with it. Yes. It's a comedy, but it's still a comedy steeped in horror. So give us some shit, man. Yeah. You're going to earn that rated R with your F bomb comedy, which I personally am fine with. I don't mind that decision, but if you're going to be rated R, Take advantage of it. Although, who knows? I mean, maybe that's one of those things where they were like, yeah, hey, guys, we can make this movie for 6.5. 
We're going to see the monster for a second. It's going to be not good. If you want to do it better, we can for 12. And they were like, yeah, yeah, uh, the one shot's fine. They do not do a great job making the monster seem at all intimidating. Like that scene is pretty janky. Here, let me throw axes as you like casually dodge them as if we're playing dodgeball. But to your point, T-Dubs, like I think uh, where where we could have seen our monster, those would have been easy edits in, right? Like you could you could e- easily shoot the the person scene for nothing, and then add in your CGI monster for a lot. So they were probably right there, and I bet it was just a studio decision when they were like, "Yeah, you're not gonna get those." It's shots. 2021. No one's going to the theaters. No one gives a shit. Well, it's right. difficult, I guess, because just give us the comedy. It's, people are sitting on their couch smoking weed, and we don't need a lot of werewolf shots for that to work. And they are We're trying watch to watch it keep on TV. The air of mystery of whether it actually is a werewolf or if somebody's just being a bad actor, right? But again, it's... the title of the movie is Werewolves Within. I I don't recall watching a trailer for this or really most of the marketing. So I'm sure they blew it in the marketing anyway. So just give us a werewolf. If you name your film Werewolves Within, you owe me a fucking werewolf. You do. And a better one than what you got. And and don't don't play around with like, oh, is there a werewolf? Is there a werewolf? Maybe there's not a werewolf. You called your film Werewolves Within. Well, you owe me a werewolf. Let's put a pin in that because I'm going to come back to it here in a minute. So we don't get a lot of werewolf movies, I think. Not near enough. I agree. And, and maybe I'm wrong. You're not. And I feel like we get even fewer that aren't at least a little bit comedy. It seems like the werewolf movie is is ripe for the horror comedy genre. Whether we're talking Teen Wolf or this or I don't know what else. Do you think we should get more like real earnestly scary werewolf movies in Hollywood? Okay, son of a bitch. Werewolves are my favorite Halloween monster. Vampires done to death. Fucking ghosts, who gives a shit? Give me a person that turns into a fucking wolf and eats people? Fuck, that's good. I'd like a werewolf. Yeah. Vaguely a furry, uh, maybe. But that's that's not, that doesn't matter. I'm with Captain Cash, even though I assume he's also sort of channeling his inner demons and battle with his attraction. We call it a fursona. We call it a fursona. Star of this movie. But uh, I love uh, werewolves as a concept. Uh, they're rarely done well, uh, i.e. Twilight and other more popular recent media. Uh, the Underworld movies also fairly shit. Harry Too Potter blood. does it right. Yeah, Harry yeah, Potter. I mean, Harry Potter. It, it, I, I don't like the gangly, weird werewolf. Well, I didn't like the look of it, but Lupin sort of nails the, inter- the internal struggle. Yeah. Um, it, it's just like a good, it's a good concept for a character, right? Like, it's really a battle. You don't want to become the wolf. Like, well, there are different kinds of werewolves, right? There's the yeah, voluntary and the involuntary. Yeah, but like I, our, I, I our werewolf think... here, she could just turn into it when she wanted to. She wasn't being also, forced. Yeah, that that really bugged me because it just doesn't work. Like that whole 
you, the whole her finally revealing it aside from making fun of the town and him for being a loser nice guy like that's fairly funny but the transition itself just doesn't work um and that also defeats the point of the concept i think well i don't know that i think that just gets into the mythology of, of werewolves which we'll get into in the quiz don't do any research at the break boys but uh uh dog soldiers pretty badass oh yeah, that dog soldiers was good you can watch Ooh. that for free right now uh, boy am i glad i didn't put that one in the trivia challenge uh jack that almost made it wolf. in wolf still i like interesting. wolf it's an I interesting like watch yeah Scott. was that like 97 98 god damn that's that. yeah 94 95 so yeah. this is a spader this, right is in that yeah this spader, yeah Pfeiffer. two publish two publishers be rival publishers become rival wolf people yeah. uh hey could happen it could happen. So, yeah, I do think there's plenty to mine here. I agree. Vampires are overdone. And unless Nicolas Cage is your vampire, I'm not interested. So uh, again, best best part of that film. Ren Renfield would have been better if it was just called Nick Cage is a vampire. So you heard it here first, listeners. Hollywood needs to give us more werewolf movies. Now, I think both of you guys would firmly put your feet into the support camp of the Benicio Del Toro classic, The Wolfman. I know you guys like that The one. 2010, also starring yeah. one Ant- Anthony, Anthony Hopkins, Hopkins who was also in fucking Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. Like they were trying to build a, a weird universal monsters around fucking anthony sir anthony hopkins sir anthony hopkins could do it all he's van helsing he's a super old furry (laughs) wolf man he can do it. we just need him as a frankenstein like he can be the brain that they put in the frankenstein creature from the blackpool lagoon because he's english you know soon doing okay yeah sure let's go nailed it well we are on our, our final lingering question gentlemen so the writer of this movie hasn't really done much else in cinema. That's right. I've been setting you up all along. Our our writer is actually a New York Times bestselling author. Her book, I'm Down, about her life as a white girl growing up in a predominantly African-American neighborhood in her childhood with her father, who was very white, but was convinced that he was, in fact, a black man. Uh, this book and and her her growth through her childhood, and it, it's she's really funny. Um, it's become curriculum in some middle and high school classrooms. She is a brilliant woman. Incidentally, and I don't I don't throw this in here and in any way to pull away from her accolades at all. It's just to mention that smart funny people often come together she was married to mark Marin for a while uh yeah uh she is she's a a brilliant woman and so the question i really have to ask is is this movie a lot smarter than it lets on and and this is my my real lingering question for this for this pod because they obviously threw everything away from from the the video game right but when it comes down to it like we, we actually get a a moral in here right which is that people are worse than the monster 
there's probably a reason why this is free on AMC plus because that's what AMC has been doing with the walking dead for 10 seasons. Plus however many other spinoffs they got. Listen, I gave up on walking dead after season four. I just, the comic is great. I just, uh, you might gave up on the comic after a hundred, hundred issues. My point is, is that, is that, does this movie actually have have value beyond horror comedy? Is there actually social commentary worth paying attention to here? We get every every stereotypical trope of America that is out there. They simply can't get along. You got one person asking for people just to be kind to one another. And everybody's like, oh, he's clearly the bad guy. No. Here's the short version. Mm. I think it uses the veneer of, hey, these shitty townsfolk maybe had it coming, so it's fine I'm the werewolf, and it's fine that I ate them. But at the end of the day, that all comes in very late. There's a lot of of issues where if you think about it for too long, it falls apart. Cap, let me ask you this real quick. There's Go a ahead. quote. There's a quote that shows up at the beginning of the movie. Who is that quote by? I don't remember. T Dubs, you remember who it is? I don't remember the quote. I I kind of half paid attention to to the opening of this movie, and I watched it three times. So I watched the opening three times because I was half paying attention. But do, do you remember? Do you remember who said the quote specifically? No. Mister Rogers. The quote was about listening to each other and being neighbors. Oh, and then yeah. and then throughout the yeah, film, okay. you know, Finn plays on this Mister Rogers aspect. Mister Rogers is, is referenced like three, four times throughout this film. I'm gonna be a good neighbor like Mister Rogers, and that's Finn's point. And I think that's kind of what this whole thing is about. Is that like, I think there is maybe I'm giving it too much credit because I know who the screenwriter is. But I think that there is a, a really good metaphor in this movie to say, if you guys can't figure out common ground when clearly shit is is breaking apart around you, it doesn't matter if it's the outside factors hurting you. That might take out a few of you, but the rest of you will take out yourselves because you're too selfish and bad at life. Yeah, no, I, I think that there's a lot of that in there. I think this movie is rather smart and what it's saying about current american culture it even has a really good barb about gun culture so where right we're having every, a good old-fashioned american sleepover with guns yeah, yeah of course everybody guns. has guns and of course what happens she shoots the wrong guy because statistically and the statistics are overwhelming it's less safe to have a gun in your house it even happens in band of brothers yeah. multiple times so i think there is a bit of that and like the ugliness of of people and that's the werewolf, the true werewolf within is is generally us. The ugly side of our nature comes out when it we can least afford it to. That's right. And and our our monster didn't kill nearly as many people as, as people they killed. Yeah. killed people. Yeah. All of that is fair, but I still stick on oh, werewolves are real. It wasn't just us. It was it was, there actually was a monster the whole time, so you should have been paranoid. 
Like it's it's a muddled message at best, is what I'm trying. Yeah, to honestly, say. if they were gonna go full bore on that, then then you don't have the werewolf. Yeah, you you just have her but. be a psycho killer. Is like I thought it'd be fun to do this, which is not to say I don't like the film. It's not to say I don't think all the actors do a great job. It's not to say I don't recommend the film. I get it if it's not like the perfect film. Yeah, you know what's a really uh, potent. Now I'm going back to The Walking Dead because humans are the real problem. Mm-hmm. Have you seen humans the one bastards. that they that they're doing in prehistoric times? It's called The Walking Fred Flintstone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we. Oh, let's yeah, but dabba, don't do this God, to us. Damn it! I had like a really cool, like like poignant point too, and now it's com- it's completely lost. And honestly, it's probably the best thing that could happen for the listener here. So let's take this opportunity after this dad joke uh, breakdown to take our second break. We're going to refresh our beers. When we get back, we're going to get through the competitive portion of our pod. So we will catch you on the flip side. Welcome back, listener. We are concluding our look at Werewolves Within. We have now reached the competitive portion of our pod, and we are getting into the Mr. Rogers Trivia Challenge. That's right, Mr. Rogers features prominently in this film. So tonight we have got the standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz. And you will be playing for a full set of throwing axes from the Axe Barn. So you can set up your own little axe throwing venue in your basement. And we'll do a, I think we should do a live show from whoever uh, wins. Does it come with the Ace of Base? Your chimes are, baby, don't say Mexican, just say standoff or storm fucked or any of the pod standards. Gentlemen, are you ready? Yeah, man. I taped all these fucking knives to my hand because I'm ready to play. Ready to play, baby. Get it, Leif. Um, Just so we're clear, guys, most of these questions have nothing to do with the movie at all. It's mostly about werewolves or things that typing werewolf into Google provided for me. So... Good luck, suckers. Question number one. We're at a massive advantage, both of you, since Chumpzilla is not here right now. Probably because he's murdered Captain Cash. Who sang 1978's hit song, Werewolves of London? Was it A, Elvis Costello, B, John Prine, C, Warren Zevon, or D, Lou Reed. Barson Tarts. Thunderous Wizard. Warren Zevon. That is correct. Correct. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Oh, Werewolves alone. Bonus question. If either of you can name my favorite Warren Zevon song, you will get a bonus point. Barson Tarts. Werewolves of London. Incorrect. I I think that's the only song I know. (laughs) Yeah, the answer is "Lawyers, Guns, and Money." 
is my favorite Warren Zevon song. Nailed it. Uh, oh, and there goes my luggage passwords. Okay, question number two. Werewolves in movie entertainment had a very big year in particular. In this year, Wolfen, The Howling, An American Werewolf in London, Full Moon High, and Saturday the 14th all appeared on the big screen. What year was it? Is it A, 1979? Is it B, 1980? Is it C, 1981? Or is it D, 1982? Parsons Hearts. Captain Cash. 81? That was correct. Well done. Yeah, ah! that, that was my guess. I just didn't want to go first. I mean, uh, like... I knew it wasn't I, 70. I, I knew the howling was in the 80s. <laughs> and I knew it wasn't 80. So it was like, but I was, I should have just yeah, I was pretty sure. I, I actually wasn't sure it wasn't 80. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. My first, well done, my first, first instinct like was said. 83 for some reason, but then that wasn't a choice. So I was like, huh. Mm. And you were stymied. Yeah. I could have really thrown you for a loop if I did an E on that one. Mm-hmm. It would have been rough. Question number three. According to folklore, which of these is not a sign that someone might be a werewolf? Is it A, eyebrows that touch, or a unibrow, as they say on Urban Dictionary? A werebrow, if you will. A werebrow. Is it B, acne? Is it C, curved fingernails or is it d hairy palms uh just call a standoff that is the thunderous wizard what do you got curved fingernails that is incorrect seems like all these things would not manifest eyebrows that touch that's incorrect yeah it was it was acne it's in fuck yeah how do you? That's, how that do you seem logical? Really? Because you'd have skin blemishes if you had hair popping out. So you get ingrown hairs. Those are a pain in the ass. If you have eyebrows that touch, you're a you're a monster. You obviously you're 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 already halfway. I mean, I didn't say that world. one because didn't Eddie Munster have eyebrows that touched and he was a wolf boy and he was a vampire? No, oh, he was. No, he was a wolf. Yes. Yeah, he was a wolf. He, no, he, he was, was the wolf. Boy. Grandpa was the uh, vampire. The vampire. Yeah. Yeah. The lineage there is all very confusing. I don't understand. There's a lot of pens being dipped in different inks over at the I didn't get it, household. Yeah. None of that works out. I don't pretend to know how to do the Mendel squares appropriately, but that's not how any of that works. Grinder. All right. All right. So nobody got that, right? No. Nobody got yeah, that. You got zero one wins to one. There. One to one. All right. Here we go. Obviously, uh, werewolves are are recognized in the mythology of cultures all over the world. In Native American mythology, which of these methods will not turn someone into a werewolf? Is it A, going on a dream quest and seeing a wolf spirit? Is it B, getting bit by a werewolf? Is it C, 
being called by the wolf spirit? Or is it D, having a shaman or medicine man curse you? Uh, just call it a standoff. I'm going to go with A because I feel like if you go on a vision quest and you see a wolf, that, that would not turn you into a werewolf. I like your logic and I was there with you, but unfortunately that is incorrect. Boy, wolves are supposed to be strong. They run the pack. You know, mm-hmm. I used to be a one man wolf pack, but now you guys are my wolf pack. Well, I think the important thing here, well, let's let's let Captain Cash uh answer and then I'm I have a little commentary on on your statement there. Captain Cash for the steel. Honestly, I I, I would have chosen what T dubs would have chosen. And that's that's what concerns me. So my options are being bitten, b- bitten, cursed by a shaman, or being called see by it the wolf in the, spirit. the vision. Being called by the wolf spirit, not necessarily in a vision, not on a vision quest. Bitten, just being called, bitten. I'm assuming it's bitten because that is the the most Anglo version of that. That is correct. Ha ha. Meta test taking answers, guys. So what I was going to say, because uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to try to skew the answers, is that I think that there is a certain, and not just Native American cultures, but in a lot of cultures where being a werewolf isn't seen as be, as a bad thing, especially if you have the ability to change at will, like an animagus in the uh, harry potter world because there are there are different you know werewolf myths where one is like oh my god the moon is full i turn into a werewolf and i lose my mind and i become this bloodthirsty monster versus like i get to be the wolf spirit and yeah yeah and inhabit the body of a wolf like a war again uh and you know whatever that show that we are all disappointed in well, Game of Thrones. yeah, but you know, like a, a Kanaima in in uh, Native American lore, a shapeshifter is like someone who uh, uh, veils their evil by sh- shifting shape. And the Wendigo, which obviously was part of uh, the Lone Ranger, also right, same kind mm-hmm. of deal. Because it was Army Hammer who is in fact a human <laughs> Wendigo. Uh huh. Man, what a weird fucking guy there's a documentary about that that i recommend you watch he is a weirdo and probably should be in prison and has probably committed several violent sexual assaults so at a minimum he's tasted human flesh yeah am i going out on a limb by assuming the fact that that you both don't believe that werewolves either exist right now or ever existed in the history of of mankind. Oh, I'm right? certain like, they did not exist, no. But, and not that we believe that witches exist, but, like, do you know that there were, like, werewolf hunts and, like, werewolf convictions the same way that we had witch trials mm, and yes. witch convictions? And what are those? I guess my, que- my question is, how delicious does not believing make the average human so here's a funny thing captain cash one of those like one of the most famous werewolf trials in history uh happened in spain during the spanish inquisition which no one expected 
Nobody expected it. Nobody saw it coming. But the trial was held in civil courts, not ecclesiastical courts, because the Inquisition and the church courts didn't deal with superstition. <laughs> I think I, I think I just had an aneurysm. <laughs> All right. Does it smell like burnt toast to anyone else? Okay. All right. So, moving on. Question five. Captain Cash, you got two. Thunderous Wizard, you got one. You can tie this thing, and I will come up with a bonus question if you do it, I promise you. I'll have to figure it out on the fly, but my brain's pretty nimble these days. So I just asked you guys about, do you believe that uh, werewolves exist or ever existed? But in 1992, a poll in this country... found that 80% of respondents believe that werewolves currently exist or existed in the past. What country was it? Is it A, England? Is it B, Iceland? Is it C, Uzbekistan, motherfuckers, or is it D, Russia? Parson Torts, Captain Cash. I choose to believe it is the home of the sexiest werewolf, Uzbekistan. You fell victim to the greatest red herring I ever created on a quiz, and I'm a savage quiz creator, I might add. But Listen, you were, you were wrong, sir. I will happily fall on that sword. Come get me, squirrel girl. E- eat my corpse. It is yours. Okay, this is tough. So I've got Russia. Russia. I've got, I've got England. England. And what was the other one? Ice land. I'm going to go with England. No fucking way. I don't know. They Russia. Voted for the answer was Russia. Russians given polls like that? <laughs> yeah. They don't really. What's the answer, Russia? The answer was Russia. Really? Fuck off. Yeah. The answer is Russia. Captain Cash, look out for them axes, motherfucker. Listen, I... Milana. Is is Putin? I would uh, I uh... would jump on a grenade for you. I would put my hand on a blade for you. I would take an axe to the face for you. Uh, so is Putin a uh, lycanthrope? Oh, he's I don't know. I'm more worried about if Captain Cash is in like an internship with the Brian Adams Corporation. He's he's losing it, man. He's he's definitely losing it. He's doing lyrics to Bruno Mars songs. Yeah, wait, wait, why is that Brian Adams? Uh, you just you basically did the uh, the the. I die for you. No, I didn't. I just did the Bruno Mars. You definitely did Bruno Mars. Oh, Christ. Now, listen. I have been to the tree that was recently cut down that is in fucking Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Alongside Hadrian's wall there? Yes, I have. I've been there. I've touched the tree. I've sat on the wall. It was cold. My butt hurt. Yeah. But yeah. I was absolutely making allusion to a Bruno Mars song. Sorry, I apologize. That's all right, that's fine. I'm going through, I'm going through a lot of pain these days, guys. Guys, can we just agree that we're in this all for one and one for all? 
Let's do this. <laughs> Just like in that, Robin Hood. That's Just the like in the Three Musketeers. <laughs> I know. Where we could get fucking Tim Curry to be our werewolf. What is going on? You know, he was a he was a really good Cardinal Richelieu. That movie is not where I met Tim Curry the first time, but it is where I met Oliver Platt the first time. Gentleman. And, and I've color. loved him ever since. He's great on the bear. Yeah. Oh God, he really is. I I am a huge Oliver Platt fan. Even in uh the the movie where they, they killed Seagal immediately, executive decision. I liked him in that, you know. No, he no. was always Cahill, he was always chewing on the the he, he was in our finest our first real pod movie, which was uh, Ready to Rumble as Jimmy the King. Yeah, he was Jimmy the King. I will I rule you. I remember that episode. I forget where the hell I was driving listening to that, but I was like, I had gotten to the point when I was still just a fan of the show. I was like, okay, I've listened to all of the current episodes since I had been on it. That's when I really became a real fan, right? And then I was like, I gotta go to the, I gotta go to the deep tracks. And I remember texting you like, "Poof, that Doctor Moreau one, not good." <laughs> yeah, wasn't my finest hour. I had. It was never, your first hour. Yeah, had and our first hour it. is rarely yeah. our finest. Yeah. <laughs> well, gentlemen, uh, thank you for for participating in the trivia challenge, Captain Cash. We're gonna get those axes out to you as soon as we possibly can. And gentlemen, that takes us into recommendations. What do you have on tap for us this week? I'm going to take a page out of Chumzilla's playbook since he's not here and share my recommendations. Uh, And that is only because I don't want to bring up the rear because I'm not super happy about mine. Going in, have you guys seen the pale blue eye? On Netflix with Christian Bale. Oh, uh, where he's a detective? I haven't watched. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. He, like an old timey like detective. Like, it's like a retired, the, sad, upset detective. That's the Gotham kind of, by know, Gaslight like, era stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's the old trope, yeah. right? Good detective is just kind of a, a general detective story. Your Columbos, your CSIs. Then you get your period detectives. Your Sherlock Holmes. Your whatever you're describing. But S tier, God tier, the detective story you want, supernatural detective. Okay. Is it that? No, it's right. more of the semi interested. Go on. Period detective. All right. Well, I mean, still, still AB. Go on. So he's investigating a murder at West Point, the United States Military Academy. And he gets this is a period piece. And he gets assistance from a young second-year cadet named Edgar Allan Poe. I hate this already. Who was a real cadet at West Point. He did go to West Point. Yes, he did. Yeah. I mean, fine. Fine. Failed out. Yeah, because he was a drunk. Yeah, and just and a poet, not a fucking military officer. He had the consumption. A lot could have happened. Dude he didn't have consumption. Booze. No, he just had alcoholism. Dude loved booze. <laughs> really so, kind of plagued him his entire life. Is yeah, life. I have no idea what that's like as I'm on the 216th episode of a podcast about beer. 
Well, it's streaming on Netflix. I liked it. Uh, but I also lived in Baltimore for a while. So like, if you live in Baltimore for any amount of time, you have to love Edgar Allan Poe. I went to grad school where like I took my graduation photos next to an Edgar Allan Poe statue that was in the plaza out in front of my law school. Like I like Edgar Allan Poe and I was a nerdy Edgar Allan Poe kid as a, as a young reader as well. So just, if you like Edgar Allan Poe and you like murder mysteries, this one's good. It's Christian Bale. Like it's not like it's going to be poorly acted. I don't know. Amsterdam. So, on the Edgar Allan, oh, tip, Fall of the House Usher, incredible, great Mike Flanagan show. Everything he does is great. Uh, I mentioned Silver Bullet, great '80s werewolf movie based on the cycle of the werewolf novella by Stephen King. Uh, he also wrote the screenplay for the movie. Gary Busey at his finest, and a young Corey Haim, uh, who unfortunately yeah. passed away a few years ago. On the way back from from France, which is where I was, which is why we had an extended break from the pod. Uh, I watched a bunch of stuff. So I'll just rattle it off the dry, a uh, murder mystery starring Eric Bana. It's an Australian film goes back to his small hometown to investigate the uh, triple homicide of his best friend, his wife and their son. Check it out. Very good. Well acted. Great movie. Uh, Good French police procedural. The Night of the Twelfth, where a young woman is walking home and she is set aflame and dies and is them investigating who did this to her and for what reason. Uh, Another French uh, piece of art. Netflix has a show called Marianne. It is about a horror writer whose most heinous creation seems to manifest itself in an old woman in her hometown. It's a creepy show. Uh, It's good. Check it out. And the last one I watched uh, was uh, After Sun. Is that what it's called? After Sun? Uh, Starring Paul Mescal, who, like me, was devastated when the Irish lost in the Rugby World Cup. And it is a uh, really good, heart-wrenching movie about a guy going on holiday with his daughter. Check it out. Well-acted, well-made. It's a very poignant film. So that's a bunch of stuff right there for you. Yeah. You I recognize we shat all over AMC Plus. But for what it's worth, AMC Plus is the only home, as far as I know, of Interview with a Vampire, the series. Yeah. It's on it's on HBO Max. You know what well. annoys me? It was how I got the AMC Plus thing. But what upsets me... I'm sorry, Thunder's Wizard, just you shut your mouth for a okay, second. Well, I was watching Lucky Hank, too, on the plane back, and I really liked oh. it, and it's only on AMC+, and I, I was like halfway through the season. Yeah, you can get you can get all this stuff on HBO Max. What upsets me is that I recommended Interview with Vampire last time. I, I mean, said, you were right well, to do it. Captain Cash did it first. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. I, I, I did. I did it like a yeah. year ago because it is really good. Yeah. But I'm going to fight all of you. Season two is scheduled for next year. Oh. And you know what? Honestly, the biggest mistake we made at Comic-Con in July, they absolutely had an activation for Interview of the Vampire. We could have painted ourselves white, put on some teeth, and we would have been golden. 
Damn it. I didn't uh, watch I hadn't watched the show at that point in time, it's, but I, it's I have really since good. I'm a big, big fan. Yeah, yeah. Counterpoint, my skin requires no white paint. I am already as pale as a vampire. You you fucking would have crushed Armand. Wait, Antonio Armand or uh this or, guy or Armand, Armand Asante? The, the, no, this guy Armand. Uh, Take this no, vampire DNA. You know what? <laughs> Listen, yes, either way, I'm Lestat. You guys figure it out the rest. You know what? That's not fair. I, I feel like Blake is Lestat now that I've said all that. What? Because my hair's longer? Yes. And your sexy vampire ways, you sexy vampire. Yeah. I'm very convincing. All right. All right. All right. Lestat aside. Uh, let's do this thing. You can find the show on Facebook Twitter and Instagram at hops and bo flops. You can find myself on Twitter at bling Blake, as well as on Instagram and threads at HBOF bling Blake. Captain cash is at C a P T C a S H on most of your social medias. Chumpzilla. If we can ever find him, the search party is out at Chumpzilla eight on Twitter McCheese, who's been missing for, I don't know, decades at this point. Uh, you can reach him at HBOF McCheese on just Twitter. He's very sleepy. I think he's, he's sleeping under guy. Janine's uh, hotel. So <laughs> if you're looking for him, that's where he is. Buried right there in the snow porch. bank. Yep. Yeah. He hasn't been murdered by a, a, a werewolf. He's just taking a nap. He's okay. very sleepy. It's fine. And the Thunderous Wizard can be found at WriterTLK on Twitter. If you enjoy the show, which we know you do if you've gotten to this point in it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. In the end, listeners, remember one thing. Everything here is questionable. We will see you next time for our first entry in our bombcom series where we look into romantic comedies that flopped. It should be a, a lovely, funny, disappointing time.